Hey, this is uh, Conor McMahon here, and welcome to our next episode of Real Horror Show. Somewhat delayed episode yeah, of Real it's Horror been Show. A while. We're back. It's been a while. We're back, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Apologies for the interruption. Regular service will resume. Um, so we're going to do a kind of a quick episode today, and what are we going to be talking about today, do you think? I guess we don't have any major topic, but it's mm-hmm. kind of what are the horror films we've been watching yeah. over the last couple of months. We're, we're yes. getting, yeah, I know. We've, <laughs> we've had the time to build up it's a bit of a repertoire of things to talk about. Yeah. Mm. Anywhere you want to start? or, or um, Well, I mean, just because it's in my head, I watched Green Room again last night. Oh, yeah, brilliant. So here's yeah. the thing, okay, Green Room. Horror film or not, and I, like without getting into that crazy, but because I, I I love it as a horror film, and I've had a few people kind of go against me. About I mean, that. I mean, to me, it's got all. I mean, trapped in a room, one location, incredibly intense, violence, frightening, yeah. scary. I mean, it's got all L- the tropes bit of, gore. of a horror movie. Little bit of gore. Yeah, little, no, bit, no, of little gore. bit of gore. <laughs> a lot of gore. That arm, that arm when it comes in through the yeah, door yeah. is oh. one of the most horrifying things yeah. I've seen in cinema in so Upsetting, long. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's a funny one because you know I just see people. You, you kind of get caught up in that fight over and over again about what is or isn't the horror film. For me, that's what I think. Connor, you're you're dead right. It's it gives you that feeling of it, that intensity, that fright, and so it's not really you know people say if it's not supernatural it's not horror i think that's nonsense i think you could, you'd end up eliminating nonsense. so yes. many kind of horror films because of that like and it is a genuinely frightening film and it's a really simple story as well it's not like you know it doesn't it, it try to say it's like a psychological kind of thrill or anything like that it's just designed it's so bare bones actually kind of why don't you give us the um synopsis. well my first question was if people are saying it's not a horror what mm. are they saying it is thriller thriller okay yeah. which you know i understand but actually i think more for me what makes a horror film is what's its intention yeah. and i think its intention is was well, to thrill but it's to, it's it's intense and to scare really i like i don't think green room is designed just to excite you i yeah, think it's meant yeah, to disturb yeah. you and scare you and so therefore that's what makes it a horror and actually because there's a couple of films we're going to talk about later on where i would debate whether it's a, a horror film or not because for me that's it it's the intention are you trying to frighten me yeah, you know, or not? Because supernatural elements don't mean it's going to be scary either. Yeah, I mean, what I think is they've taken the elements that are might normally be supernatural and they've just replaced them with, you know, Nazi punk rock. <laughs> but if anything, <laughs> if anything, that's scarier than yeah, supernatural yeah. thing because that's more realistic. And I can say from personal experience, playing in bands, traveling around uh, different places, going on the road, playing music, that's exactly what it's like. You've seen some things. <laughs> You've seen things. <laughs> but it, but I, I get what they're going for in that you know you're playing in these somewhat kind of dodgy kind of rundown places and you get these kind of people who are, it's almost like they're holding you hostage kind of thing. And it's, so it's like that very real thing that you get from bands and the director, he used to be in. Okay. Okay. So, so, it's strong okay. Experience. so, but then it's obviously, it's that like heightened like times. Yeah. Like, but for, yeah. for anyone who hasn't seen it. Okay. So like the whole idea mm. is just, it's a, a punk band, like a true punk band who have literally no money, nothing to their name, traveling around, a gig gets canceled. They get offered another one basically in this kind of somewhat dodgy, uh, to it turns out to be a Nazi kind of bar. They, not kind of, it is a Nazi <laughs> bar. And they go down there and they end up seeing something they shouldn't do and they end up stuck in the green room, basically. And the whole film kind of is as simple as that and it revolves on them just trying to get out. But it is just it's incredible. Just, the, the, the things that it, it, that I think are brilliant about it is, and, and it really pulls out the heart, is the realism. Like there's a scene... And they're just little details like the scene where one of the guys is holding a gun and you can kind of see his hand is getting tired and he has to use like two hands to hold the gun. Right. Yeah. And there's something about just the reality of the, the situation or, or the again, when his hand gets sliced or his arm yeah. gets sliced. Yeah. And it's something you don't see. 
and even I was watching with my housemate last night and he even pointed I, I mean I probably should have picked up on it but like he's also the guitar player right okay and that's, yeah, yeah. that's his, his bread and butter yeah that's, that's his whole life Horrible, changed yeah, it's not yeah. just his arm and I mean as well I was going to say coincidentally but maybe not the lead singer gets his throat ripped out by the oh, dog that's okay. an interesting point actually yeah. I want to watch back now and just watch it from that point of that's view that's really clever yeah yeah, and they do kind of use uh, things from bands um, in order to help tell the story. Like I mean, even you know the way he, when he uses all the feedback to yeah to yeah in, the uh, dogs yeah to beat yeah. to beat the dogs and that sort of stuff. Like you know, so they kind of use that stuff to their advantage. Just really like it kind of reminds you though, like of it, like it's for me, it's the assault from Precinct Thirteen of our yeah. times. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it, it is just it's so pared back and so simple, and everything is just so precise and there's no fat on the bones it mm. is just pure i was listening to an interview with the director and he was saying that you know when he was coming up with the film people were saying to him oh there's a bit of an assault on the precinct th- okay. 13 vibe of this and he was like i've never seen that film so he did he's, he's said shame on you jeremy <laughs> he was like i'm not gonna watch it until i at least finish the script you know because i don't want to you know feel like i'm copying too much yeah. or anything like that and he said when he finished his like first draft of the script or maybe when he finished his when he when he finished the film he watched it and he was like, oh my God, this is like the best thing ever. This is exactly what I'm going for. You know, right. Kind of like, almost like a, kind of like a, it's like a Western. Yeah, uh, yeah. in modern times. I mean, the other thing I really liked about it as well was the way they set up things that you normally might see in the films. Like, you know, there's the vents and then there's the car that they're kind of going, does anyone know how to hot work a car? And they're all like, no. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, you see vents and it's like, well, we wouldn't fit through there. It's, it it it's, points out how hard, or like how vulnerable you really are, doesn't mm. it? Because it's like you know, there's the whole idea we all love to give out the macho thing of if I was in that situation, I'd do yeah, this, yeah. that, or the other. And mm. it's just like it's actually no, it's not quite that simple. And like that reality that they're actually stuck in the green room, they could actually they're allowed to leave the green room at any time, but they choose not to because they don't know who's on the other side of the door. Yeah. Like it, that's how it's that fear and not knowing. Like I just can't imagine it. Yeah, and you see one of the guys kind of crack, and he's like, "I'm just gonna run," and it's <laughs> kind of like you know that might mean death, but it's just. But the idea of staying there it's seems insane as well because yeah. we, we've all seen Night of the Living Dead. Like you know, locking yourself isn't necessarily the best idea either. Like, mm. uh, yeah, and I think it's one of those great things where it just has the perfect dilemma. So as an audience member, you're watching it going, they can't fucking leave the room. Mm. But then from Patrick Stewart's perspective, you're going, he can't let them leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's this, it's this really brilliant conflict that the that the main characters that the band are aware of, they know shit. If we leave this room, we're dead. And and Patrick Stewart knows if I let them leave, I have to kill them. Like, and you know? he puts in an incredible performance yeah. as well. I think like pre-Logan, this is the yes. darkest Patrick Stewart we've ever, <laughs> ever yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently uh, another tidbit on that was when uh, apparently when he re- got the script, Patrick Stewart, he was reading it in his home. He said he got about halfway through it and then suddenly had the shit scared out of him. He turned off all he turned on all the lights the, the perimeter lights of his house locked all the doors and windows poured himself a glass of scotch and then finished reading the script because <laughs> <laughs> i imagine it's as intense on the page i'd know? love to read that script actually because it's yeah. just it's even like i love you don't need a major explanation about who the red laces are like it mm. just becomes quite apparent quite and it's just beautifully written that we don't need to you know have the history of how did nazis come about yeah, why are yeah. they nazis <laughs> they just are and you're in trouble. You know, yeah, I, there's yeah, something yeah, so yeah. pure and simple about that. And like, for me, what I love a film that has that kind of intensity, to, I feel it finishes on a perfect note for the type of film that it is. And I just love that when a film holds its own to the end yeah. and doesn't kind of buckle out in the last, because the last 20 minutes, particularly of films, people can seem to lose their nerve of following it through. And no, I really like the way they went with it. Cool. What else? Next what film. Else? Next film. Next film. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, a few. Like, I think there's definitely a couple of 2016 films that yeah. we want to talk about. Um, 
or should we talk about like should we talk about Get Out first even because it's more modern and current because who knows if these people listen to the end of our podcasts sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah you people <laughs> we know who you are <laughs> um, so have we all all three of us seen Get Out we, we have. have we yeah. have yeah. so thoughts or a synopsis first of all someone I'm always terrified of the synopsis <laughs> right so I'll, like... I'll give it a crack I'll give it a crack so basically uh, it's um, a film directed by Jordan Peele of Key and Peele and it's about uh, a young interracial couple uh, a black guy and a white girl and they go to the girl's parents house for to visit the parents for the first time after like four months of dating and w- there's a bit of anticipation that you know there might be uh, problems because they're an interracial couple but she assures them everything will be fine they get to the parents house and things are very unusual it's very creepy and uh they're met with a kind of weird hostility from the family and um it it's it's a mystery and things spiral from there i suppose is yeah more or less i don't know i think yeah because it's one of those ones you don't really you don't want to give anything i feel away. for some of the films actually today and actually in general like you almost want to do a separate spoiler special to be able to actually get in especially when we talk about the whaling later on because like, you kind of want to talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. incidents in it but yeah Absolutely. like but i think as well it it has just from people i've talked to everyone i've talked to it seems like a film that a lot of people have seen. So, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in, intending on doing spoilers here, but I wouldn't be surprised if most people who are listening to this have actually seen True. it by this stage. Yeah, it yeah, really mo- hit. Like, it, it's Massive. one of those films that broke out, and yeah. I think it played really well to both audiences, you know, horror fans and just regular people. Like, um, I think the the promotion it gets from this podcast though could kind of push it off. <laughs> That's it, Jordan. You're welcome. <laughs> but no, you see, because here's the thing: is like, and I, I kind of. I remember because we've talked briefly about this before. I, I want to preface this with like, I really like Get Out. I thought it was a mm. great film. I think the satire is on point. I think it's incredibly intelligent. My only qualm with it is I'm not sure it's a great horror film. And I don't think it really is that worried about it. I think it's using that kind of world. I think it's an amazing Black Mirror episode. Mm. You know, th- pushing this out there, and I've seen the thing saying, like, you know, one of the greatest horror films of, of modern times. So I think one of the best and most important satires. But is it a great horror film? Like, I mean, I think I for me, coming to see Get Out, I was like looking forward to this film for like the six months that I knew about it before it came out. You know, a big fan of Jordan Peele and that. Um, and while I really did like it, it wasn't even until actually afterwards when you said it, you were like, didn't really see it as much of a horror film. It kind of made me realize, actually, yeah, you know, it wasn't the scariest. It felt like much more of a mystery and a satire to me, but I still loved it. I still did really like it. What about you, Connor? Yeah, I would say, I mean, for me, I wouldn't like it as much as the hype would say. Like it's yeah. like you say, right. it's like yeah. one of the great films. And the films, I suppose, even it would reference like something like Rosemary's Baby. Mm. And Rosemary's Baby is clearly a classic. Like, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. you know, it a classic and also a genuinely scary film in yeah. parts. Yeah. Like. And I mean, I suppose what Get Out had as well, and which I did think it do well, was the mix of humor yes. with 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 scares because it is one of those things that's hard to to balance sometimes in movies and like scream did it really well back in the day where Mm. it was it was genuinely really funny and it was also quite scary at times i mean sometimes it didn't quite all add up to me as well like i mean the you know like when he comes outside and the guy running towards running towards him and it's like it is a scary moment but i'm I'm still like why was that that guy (laughs) (laughs) totally totally uh, and even the ending i did think that there were a couple of unanswered things at the end like I mean even the guy uh, uh, 
Dre, I think, you know, the first guy who goes missing, who, you know, he takes the photograph of and he's like, get yes. out of here, get out, yeah. get out of here. <laughs> I believe those are his words. But, um, like, it kind of doesn't really answer, like, what's going to happen to him or anything like that. Do they just kind of leave, you know, at the end? Yeah, it's a point because, again, I know we're not kind of quite getting into exact details, but, what, what like, the, the ending for me is incredible simply because uh, it reveals our own kind of yeah. understanding of the world by just the sound of a police siren, regardless of what happens our reaction is very informed by what we think is going to happen. And that actually tells us a lot about how we believe the world works and how it's going to be portrayed. And I like that without actually having to show it, it kind of, it reveals our kind of, I think the whole film does that really well and in quite an uncomfortable way because, you know, we're three white guys sitting here talking about it and like the whole film basically just says, you know, like that if you're overly supportive, then you may also be racist, you know? Um, And I think, you know, there's very, very good points in there. The only... I, challenge I'd put to the film is it doesn't offer us any solutions on to how maybe we can counter that or change it. It's more a statement of how things are yeah. as opposed to how to avoid being this way. Yeah, and I suppose, I mean, that was, I listened to an interview um, with Jordan and that was one of the things he was saying is that it because we, we live in a time where there's a perception that it's, we've gotten over all that and that we're not in a racist mm. society. And I guess he's kind of going, no, it's... Um, I mean, they use that word post-race, is that? Post-race, oh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's just kind of feeling that we're, oh, we're all past that. But yeah. actually the experience of, and it, I mean, I thought even the opening scene was great just to show, you know, a black guy walking through a rich white neighborhood yeah. and yeah. how unnerving that can be. Absolutely, you yeah, know? absolutely. Um, like, I mean, and even just as a horror, um, like one of the things that I, at first when I saw it, I quite liked about it was that I think there's probably about five references to the shining in the film i'm not saying that you know references to a horror film make it a good film but you know the shining is one of my favorite films then the more i thought about it i was like okay reference the shining fair enough but why the shining you know like what does the shining as a, as a film have to do with that as a film would it not make more sense to reference like rosemary's baby or to reference like uh well Step- stepford wives. wives like let's or, face it it's basically of, stepford wives yeah like. exactly yeah so i was kind of thinking was that just a little bit of a kind of cheap like he also I think he's just a horror fan. I mean, he, he is, is yeah, a horror is. fan, yeah, yeah. and a very intelligent one as yeah, well. Yeah. But like, yeah, I, I think there's the danger of like, there's loads of references in there, and I, there's loads to enjoy if you're looking for it. Yeah. But I, I want to have a like, I want the film just to work on its own right, and and not to just get pleasure because a lot. But if not, there are references, they should t- technically be relevant to the plot of that film, or I to agree. the style of that film. You yeah, know what I mean, rather than just oh, hey, I love The Shining as well. Here's some references, you know, because yeah. when I really broke it down, that's kind of what it said. To it's me. funny because like, Get Out is actually, like, I do think, it, like, it's a really well-made film. It's, it feels unfair. Like, I think the yeah. reason we're putting the criticisms out there against it is actually more because it's been hyped up to be yeah. this masterpiece of all proportion as opposed to, like, so it's it's a great film. It's just maybe not quite that. And actually, just going beyond Get Out, actually, because I don't want to label that one, but a lot of films are nowadays overdoing that trend of it's just nothing but nods and winks to other horror films as if somehow we're coasting on just people enjoying getting little easter eggs throughout the film as opposed mm. to just making a straight up film yeah. you know because it's kind of hard to make any horror film nowadays that won't invertly or whatever I can remember that word like uh, reference other horror films yeah. like it's just if I said it in the woods if I said it in a house if people are going to draw comparisons yeah you, you can't yeah. not and it just people are doing too much like did you notice that bit there's this or like you know mm. I kind of think you should be busy worrying about making your own film yeah. as opposed to deliberately just giving nods I mean the thing I did as well I, uh, which I really liked was you know the the hypnosis element and where mm. the guy yeah. gets kind of lost beautifully visually done yeah and I, I mean it did have enough of 
definitely of its own originality. Absolutely. 100%. You know, and that, that was really the best part. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Actually, I remember because I was talking to you guys as well that like I'm bloody disgusting. I think they were sharing some of the things because in the trailers, there were a few scares that were left out of the final film. And I, 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 I do feel there was a scarier version of this film that had a couple more jump scares and everything and they pulled back in it. Now, I'm not sure whether that was because they felt the message just didn't need it and that, that's quite possibly true. Um, I guess maybe to, reach a writer audience, maybe possibly because I saw the film. It was a surprise. I can't even talk today. Yeah, surprise screening um, a week before we it came out, out. and um, what I was amazed with it was packed with people who didn't know what the film was going to be, okay. and I don't even know. If, I think they knew it was going to be a horror film, but like this audience looked like a very general mix from twenty yeah. up to like fifties, and they responded really well to it, and I they did jump an and squeal. So like yeah. maybe it's an element of we've seen so many horror films and actually are overly comfortable with things. Like I think maybe for the mainstream audience, there is still enough kind of spooks and scares to actually work. I mean, to to be like. I, it's a long time since I saw an audience walk out of film so pleased. Yeah. Like, you could feel the buzz of everyone talking about what yeah. they'd just seen. Well, that was it for me in particular. One of the best things about going to see that film was I went to see it on the day it came out. It was on Paddy's Day. Uh, and I went to see it. The cinema was packed. And as you're watching it, because it's such a mystery, you know, the, as, as it unfolds, you could just feel the entire cinema just going, what the hell is going on? You know, and just like hanging on the edge of their seat to find out what happens next. Um, and then, of course, you know, when there are kind of like crazy moments or funny moments, there's just such a big reaction from it. So definitely like seriously please the crowds like it really did. Yeah. OK, right. so thumbs up in, in, in general, up. I think, for, thumbs you up. know, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Massive hit. Go and actually it. kind of interesting because it's from Blumhouse, yeah. which is a very brave kind of move for them, considering that some of the kind of criticism labeled towards them recently has been on the more generic say your Annabelle's and mm. your Ouija right. and recently then with Ouija 2 or the prequel Ouija Origin of Evil like they've really kind of brought that back to a much higher quality so it does seem like they're kind of recalibrating again and actually bringing it back to what they did really good in the first place it's actually really interesting yeah. and, and good and strong horror so that, that's a positive sign I mean for them I mean they had Split and Get Out this year which were massive wow. hits. yeah Split yeah. was beyond massive and like you know again I'm not a massive fan of it but like I think anything that's a great success for the horror genre is a good thing mm. you know it just goes to show that people want to see horror movies in cinemas and there should be more of them. They do. I thought there was a great, actually, I must share it online. I should share it on, on the Facebook page. There's a great 40-minute talk, chat with uh, Jason Blum about his whole model on the horror thing. Uh, he talks really frankly. It's with a financial kind of uh, sort of a TED Talk type thing. So he's very open and honest about figures and everything. And he was saying that horror is one of the few things that stands up in cinema today that... Uh, I think it's for most films, like kind of 76% of its revenue will come from like afterwards so the dvds video on demand blu-rays right, and everything yeah. like that and 25 percent in the cinema with horror it's still 76 percent cinema right. people want to go and see horror films they well, want it's a group thing it, you know it is it. And, and also you don't even necessarily need to know that much about the horror film you just need to see the poster on the bus and go oh that looks like some sort of horror film yeah let's all go to the horror film yeah yeah you know like and me and you mark both worked in extravision mm. over the years and when i worked there it was what what good horrors have you got it yeah. was always you know, I, I ended up making a new release horror section, like just a wall of horrors. And it was all, you know, at the time I worked there, it was all full of like Saw 3 and 4 and like Hostel 2 and all that stuff. But like, I mean, every now and again, you know, you'd get something like Paranormal Activity or Insidious that would come out like, and people just wanted to see it. They just, if they were getting two films, one of them would have to be horror like. It's amazing because like for horror films, and I think we're, well, I know I can be the same as well. Like for all the amount of times and in X region as well, when you rent things, people come back saying that was crap. That was really <laughs> crap, whatever. They, and yet, you know what they do? Rent another one. <laughs> like it's a really weird thing because I'd say the majority of films we end up watching in this genre aren't particularly great films. And yet you still hold out that hope 
for mm-hmm. that film, that trick. And actually, we've got a few of them here that we're going to be talking about today that actually kind of reminds you that, you know, it is still possible because you start to wonder, mm. am I just beyond it? Can I not be scared anymore? Can I not be spooked? <laughs> and as a perfect segue to that, Conor McMahon, I'd like to ask you about Under the Shadow. Oh, yes. Yeah. Scary? Uh, uh, I found it terrifying. <laughs> you know, um, well, it had, I mean, I t- thought it had some brilliant jump scares. Like, I mean, I know... So Sometimes I, that's a dirty word. I still haven't seen this. Yeah, don't, so go on, s- synopsis. Or do, do you want me to try and give a basic introduction to that for you? Here, I'll, I'll introduce you and then you tell me if you like it. But I haven't okay. seen it. So, so under, I just do my bad synopsis. <laughs> yeah. um, under, yeah. under the Shadows is, is a 2016 uh, horror film, but it's available now on Netflix uh, in the UK and Ireland for anyone out there who's looking. Um, it's written and directed by Babak Av... Let me check this. Avar... Anvarai. And it was set in Tehran during the War of the Cities where Saddam Hussein basically shelled the hell out of the Iranian cities as part of the Iran-Iraq war. And it's about a a family, a a father who works in the army who actually has to go off and fight and the mother who was, uh, was she trained to be a surgeon or she was some a medical profession? But, you know, but, but basically I don't think she was allowed to progress because of her gender was part of the, the issue. And it's basically her left at home to mind the kid. And it kind of, uh, basically a bomb hits the building, uh, up in the roof, and there's this implication that this shelling and this violence and the destruction with the shell may have allowed something into the apartment, yeah. um, which is the jinn, you know, an, an evil spirit. Um, and so Connor um, yeah like I mean I, I watched the film a couple, a couple of months ago so um, yeah I'm, I'm a little pulling back my memory I mean I guess I mean one of the things people have said about the film is that if it wasn't an Iranian film it might not get the attention that I mean a lot of the stuff is standard stuff you might see in a horror film but there is something kind of still wonderful about you know seeing your one exercising to the jane fonda video yeah. and because of course exercise know. videos are banned so there's a whole point that okay, this is one of her yeah. secret things that she has to hide is yeah. an american videotape and um the uh y- you know it's kind of like as well it's 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 one of those things you know where people always say they want something the same but different and i think it does deliver on that because you just get everything is just slightly um you know there's I don't know if you've given much away, but you know, there's a bit with the where it's like a, kind of a haunted burqa for one. Yeah, it, it, it's word. the shador actually. Yeah, it's the yeah. full scarf that the people in or the women around wear. So it's a full body scarf mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of a yeah. burqa one. But yeah, it 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 takes its own like like yeah. it's a form of its own and it, it moves. Yeah. Uh, it's also one of these things, probably a little like Get Out, where it's really nice to see. Do you know when people mix, say, your standard horror film, but with genuine. Um, uh, like there's a bit for example where she's afraid to leave the house without putting the burk on and I yeah. know that's mixed in with a kind of suspense sequence so right. some of these things where, or she gets beaten up she would do, you see and there's yeah there's that wonderful because yeah. like it's something I guess is harder say in, in horror films nowadays to try and explain why someone would be afraid to leave the house but yeah it's the fact that she if she leaves the house if you just run outside the door you can actually be beaten and attacked or arrested because you have it's it's considered depraved you're not allowed to reveal yourself without being covered and so actually she's as restrained and controlled by the outside government as well mm. as she is by the creatures inside and there's a slight kind of implication about which is <laughs> which is worse to have to face yeah yeah um but yeah no it's a really funny because I, I know what you mean by that like and obviously the fact that it's in iran and and its context definitely adds something to it and i suppose you could say the same about jayhar mm-hmm. you know that it was just yeah. an interesting to see a different culture yeah. i still think under the shadow is what i used to love about horror films and um, when we go back to even because we'll talk about the fog in a bit as well 
like those kind of classic ghost stories. This film takes about half an hour, 40 minutes to actually kind of get going. Mm-hmm. It sets up the family. It takes its time. It's not afraid of that. And mm-hmm. it slowly builds. But then when the scares come, they are properly executed. Yeah. They're genuinely they really scary. So, because like I... Nowadays, everyone loves to say like, oh, I fucking hate jump scares because they're terribly executed in yeah. modern films. This film has a couple of jump scares, but you know what? They're brilliantly executed. And re- I'm re-watching The Fog or Halloween and everything. I realized films I love have always had jump scares, yeah. but they've been justified and well done. Yeah. And they weren't just totally random. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they don't yeah, break yeah. the rules of how can something appear behind you or anything like or that. Or a loud sound effect. Yeah, exactly. The that annoys Because there are a few scenes in this that will make you jump. And, yeah. like, I've seen thousands of horror films. And, like, I know, Connor, you mentioned uh, this when we talked about it before, a scene with At the Window. Yes. Um, genuinely, like, yeah. uh, you know, that's properly like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really exciting to still be able to have that feeling, you know. Um, so, Connor, you haven't seen it yet? No, but um, the, the way you're talking about it, I really want to see it, you actually. Really? Yeah. It's just, you know, it's so, you get so kind of comfortable with horror films that when you put them on, you're kind of just looking forward to seeing what the story is. Yeah, and you're yeah, not yeah. really expecting to be afraid. And that's what kind of caught me off guard with this one, because I just didn't expect to be a bit like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with this. Um, and um, Yeah, my only question with the, I, I know I had one little niggle in the film, but maybe you can, because I, actually I loved it, but um, maybe I shouldn't even be bringing this up. But was there something about, I know I was kind of going, um, was the plot where she she kind of was going to move or leave the house or yeah? And I was kind of going, why doesn't she just leave the house? No, yeah, there were one or two moments like that, and actually, because basically her husband keeps calling from the the war zone and saying, "Look, go to your grandparents or that," and she That's chooses it. not to. And yeah, I think it, it's at least once and maybe twice in it. And it, like, I think it's slightly implied that she feels like she's an independent person and she wants to handle this herself, and she doesn't want to go running off to his mother in law or his mother. <coughs> But I, yeah, I don't think it quite fully justifies it. Considering what's going on, yeah, yeah, it, it feels like that yeah, would be the lesser of, of two evils. Bombed, like, yeah, and they've like, already I do not be- want to go to my mother in law. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they've been through a couple of nights of shellings as well, forgetting about the spirit. Yeah. Like the, there's literally a huge danger of, of the whole building collapse from a bomb hitting it. I agree with you. I think it pushes the the realms of plausibility at those mm. points. Definitely. And the people who've made it, have they made any other? Have they made any other horror movies? I don't or? think so. I think it might be your man's first film. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure because um, I think it's actually it's a weird one because like it's set in Iran, but I think it's partly UK funded. It, it was a funny film that way. In fact, was it the UK entry for the Oscars? There's something really strange about. Sure. There's some I really know weird. He's living in the UK. Yeah, no, I, I think it was. It was a really bizarre wow. one that they were entering that one, but uh, definitely one to look out for. I just feel it's someone who it's not. <laughs> You know, with horror films, it can be like, I'm a director who's, who's going to make my first big film and I'm going to do horror because that's a, an easy one to get into. This, to me, isn't someone aping horror films. This is someone who understands it, enjoys it, and actually wants to make a good one, you know, and yeah. genuinely wants those scares to be proper. Yeah. Uh, and I really, really feel And I guess because you care about the characters, that's what makes all the difference. Yeah. You know? So, Connor Downing, definitely for your list and our definitely. viewers, if you haven't, it's on Netflix. Yeah. No excuses. Yeah. Get on there. By the next time we meet, I will have seen it because it sounds really awesome. Then, Connor Downing, do you want to talk about The Fog? Oh, yes. So last dun, night, dun, dun, I, dun. Went to, uh, <laughs> I went to uh, the Grindhouse screening in Smithfield every month or so. Or every month. At the end of every month, they do a uh, screening of like a classic. like. And is this Film Prince? Is it DCPs or is it just a, well, a it Blu-ray? Was, or? Last night, it was The Fog on 35 minutes. Nice. Wow. And nice. a month ago, me and Connor Mack 
went to see Mortal Kombat on 35. Yeah, I, I really feel I missed out with that one because yeah. I have a very big soft spot for that film, regardless of whether it's good or not. Exactly. Yeah. And as, as uh, on a note on Mortal Kombat, as I was watching it, I was like, I think I've seen this film 50 times. Just <laughs> put it put it completely out of my mind because I'd forgotten about it. And I was like, oh, wait, no, I think I know this film. I like, was like, how did Christopher Lambert or Lambert <laughs> ever become so famous? He was Raiden. He was clearly he was, Raiden. I think he was know? playing an Asian person. And after Highlander, it's Mortal the most Kombat. perfect role ever for him. Yeah. And, and you know when me and Connor saw Mortal Kombat every time Christopher Lambert spoke or even came on screen everyone just cracked up (laughs) there's something very strange about him but uh, The Fog yeah so you know I remember I remember hearing about The Fog when I was a kid and it kind of had this kind of infamous kind of uh, sound to it like it just sounded like that must be the most terrifying film ever made because it's called The Fog and Fog is something you see out in the world and it's one of these those naturally kind of creepy scary things that yeah, you can see yeah. you know um so i remember seeing it when i was like six or seven years old and it was just like terrifying and brilliant and scary and i don't even remember that much about it i just remember that i saw it so i hadn't seen it since then and obviously since then big fan of john carpenter love all mm. this stuff so i went to it last night with a friend of mine who'd never seen the fog before and it was fucking brilliant it was really good it still holds up um yes there are some moments you know where there's people in the cinema laughing and like you know like uh, where at unintentionally like you know funny moments and in those grindhouse screenings they're usually really rowdy but this yeah. is probably one of the least rowdy ones i've ever been to because the story is good and it's well directed like the camera it's fairly well acted though, as far as i remember it though, is, isn't it like it it's is. not that yeah. cheesy or no it's not but i think there were some people kind of watching it maybe going really the fog is the bad guy and there's <laughs> shadowy figures standing in the fog but like you mentioned on jump scares earlier there are some brilliant jump scares one in particular made my friend jump out of his seat when the priest emerges from the shadows yeah. of the church do you remember that bit he but it's not like it's it's one of those jump scares where uh it's it's something that's not dangerous do you know those type yeah. of things where yeah, it's like just yeah. one of the side characters going hey how's it going but it's just doing so well because he kind of comes out of the shadows towards the camera and it's brilliant. It's um, interesting because a lot of the action scenes in that that film were shot afterwards. Yeah, yeah they reshot they, big yeah, chunks, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, because I think John Carpenter said like he did it the first time around, and then he was kind of coming at it with a more heavy-handed approach, like because he mm. was like used to doing slasher movies, but yeah. then he realized he was telling a ghost story and that it needed a bit more time and a bit more pacing. Uh, was it? I thought yeah. it was no, actually it was too subtle, wasn't no, it? Yeah, yeah, and he went back to no, shoot no, more, no. more I, attacks. I, I and saw no, him in an interview I'm pretty sure. No, because a lot of the reshoots were the actually it, it was the, the, kills. The, the kills. Yeah, I it was the gore of it. I saw yeah. him on the director's chair with Robert Rodriguez saying that it wasn't until he realised he was telling the ghost story that he realised he had to take his time with it. That's interesting. Yeah. I've definitely seen the opposite. Oh. The, the director's commentary, he definitely Damn. said that he went back okay. to But no, 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 it's interesting. But like, yeah, we must double check that but one. But even, even, even on that, like, the kills aren't particularly brutal. Like, there's that thing where the guy gets stabbed in the, the, in the slash place. hook. Like, at the start, that that was pretty harsh. That really, sc- I just, you know what, like, works because the fog still scares me. As a film, and, I, okay, so yeah. this is about two years after Halloween, three years maybe. It was Carpenter's next film, right? I'm pretty sure it was. After Um, Halloween? Yeah. I don't know. Um, But like, it's just when the fog is spilling in Mm. and the the shadows of the sailors just stepping out of it and because they're just standing there. There's none of the running and everything. And again, I just find that so much scarier. They're just standing there with their red glowy eyes and or it's spilling under the door and stuff and this feeling of you can't escape it. Like It had, for me as well, it had a slightly Spielberg-y feel. Just, you know, even the start where you see all the 
the gas stations and mm. I think the lights oh, yeah. all click off or the, yeah. Yeah. you know yeah actually that's true it's a wonderful bit where kind of come on at the same time yeah, 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 yeah. And that's never explained but somehow it heralds the, the arrival of it yeah, uh, really nice. and Adrian Barbo in the lighthouse on the radio station who couldn't fall in love with her like it's just <laughs> it's, brilliant. it's just wonderful brilliant. but uh, yeah and of course Janet Lee and Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. on screen together yeah. uh, mother and daughter um, so th- that no but I really yeah I think if people haven't watched it in a while get on there watch it it really really stands up here's the up. thing I think about recommending that to people I think that people would like it if they were seeing it for the first time uh, but I think it's a film that you need to pay attention to. like it's not the type of film you can just sit down and watch on your laptop and be checking your emails in the next yeah. app you know what I mean yeah, I think it's a film no film should be one or two friends <laughs> turn off the lights turn off your phone mm-hmm. and just get lost in that world it's only 83 minutes long you yeah. know what I mean wow. and I just think because it is a more simple type of horror film yeah. you know than the type of stuff we're used to nowadays you know because uh, it, it does kind of take its time a little bit more at the start and that but yeah I think it's really good I think it and even my friend who saw it who actually really enjoyed it um, we both kind of said it feels like the third act is a little bit um, uh, light you know like it just feels like they get to the church they find the cross and they give it to the the thing and you know it just kind of ends really fast mm. but um other because it's set up it builds up so well it builds mm. up really really well and then it kind of just ends kind of abruptly that's literally the only thing about it though i still like came out of there going well like i, I would just kind of put it to the side like after seeing it like years ago going yeah i've seen the fog it's fine they remade it didn't bother with the remake but definitely want remake to was it. terrible i never saw it really Still really was it. oh like it, it, it's 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 up there with those like the the wicker man and and well i used to think the omen but actually since the nightmare on elm street and the wicker man came out i kind of forgave oh, the omen. omen um no no that that far from the worst nowadays but no the fog like it just totally missed the point again you know yeah, it just read and cgi fog and because i'm not an anti-cgi person actually like some yeah, people tend yeah. to lash on there with just but it's when terrible, something it's terrible. the thing about that is though it's when something is done in the original really well without cgi you know what i mean it's like real smoke yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah. at it going how did they direct that smoke so well and wasn't that yeah that didn't they do scenes really where like actor. the car was driving in reverse or something like that, where the, it's supposed to for the fog chase because the wind was blowing it in one direction so they couldn't control the fog that right. well so it was easier for them to reverse the car okay. and, and reverse the footage than actually to uh okay. to try and because mm. fog you can't control it and i'm always yeah. amazed when you see those plumes as a filmmaker yeah. like how, how big are the smoke machines yeah, yeah, to I generate know, that I and know. those kind of things? It's incredible. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah def- definitely one to check out. Um, Connor, anything else on your list you'd like to talk about? Um, I watched, just speaking of, I suppose, on the topic of watching old movies again, um, I watched during the week Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Donald Sutherland yeah. version. And it, I, I thought it was an amazing film. And I mean, not just the storytelling, but the way it's filmed. Like it's if if you're interested in camera work or mm. style, yeah. like I just thought that film. Like I started to notice how often, um, you know, people were filmed through reflections or shadows, oh, yeah. or, um, you know, they had plants in every scene, just like in the frame, and yeah. and it had this wonderful ability to make the normal scene sinister, which I, you know, suddenly you know a potted plant was terrifying right, you know okay. and it it was sort of built throughout the film uh, you know it, um and that film it's in the original i mean because that's a remake yeah, as well yeah. of the original but it's about four or five versions yeah because then abel ferreira did a version yeah. as well. yeah. and then there's an even the nicole the Kidman, didn't nicole kidman or something yeah there was one? a couple of years yeah, ago yeah called body snatchers i think i yeah. think it's called invasion okay oh so invasion yeah, yeah body snatchers yeah. was the abel ferreira one okay, so yeah. okay the kind of pink red cover yes um, yeah 
But they have they do this wonderful thing where they'll follow somebody running across a road and then just move back onto our main characters. Right. And you don't know why, but you just have this sense of something's happening. That there's on just a chaos wider... breaking out around them, like yeah, 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 in the background, like. And um, again, just wonderful performances. Um, you know, yeah, it was, and it was, it was really scary. Like they just really the level of paranoia that it creates. I thought yeah. it was great. But isn't it like, because I, I just feel that the films around then, because that was 79, I think, um, like there was just so much more craft and whether that was time and money, I'm not sure, put into horror films. Well, you know, I suppose science fiction horror is this one, but like like you were saying with all the shot choices and everything like that, these films are really well made. They're really? not just yeah. like, you know, kind of, and there's nothing wrong with your Friday 13th part yeah, six type yeah. thing, but like these were, they seriously, like you great DPs, you great actors, you great set yeah. design, everything beautifully made films you know and, and like Invasion of Body Snatchers is willing to take its time to build up because that creep isn't an initial thing Yeah, it yeah. just slow, and you're not even quite sure where that moment is where you start becoming bothered by it you just know at the end you're really bothered Yeah, yeah and I love that like I think that's a really good point though like I mean they're not just horror films they're really beautifully made yeah. films that are also horror films and like I think it was like Alfred Hitchcock or something like that there's some quote from him that's always played and it's like what if someone really good made a horror film you know so then like you know obviously he went made, made Psycho but then you have like Stanley Kubrick making The Shining you know uh, you have Polanski making Rosemary's Baby and like all of these like and, like you know William I Friedkin, missed that we, we're missing Friedkin a great horror film from a great like, director but I think that kind of brings us on to one of the other films I want us to talk about that was a brilliantly made film uh, which was out recently Raw yeah so okay that, I, I want to talk about really this a really nicely made film that was also a, a really good horror film I so think. Connor Downing gives us an intro Oh God! Where to begin? Uh, right. So Raw, uh, it came out like in the past year. I think it's still in the cinema now. I think it just yeah. finished yesterday. Oh, actually, just finished. okay. Well, right. uh, in Cineworld anyway. Yeah. Um. So it's set in France, and it's about a girl who goes to. Uh, she leaves her family to go to this veterinary college where her sister has been studying for the past year. So she goes in in first year, and the college is this really weird kind of. Um, vibe of where they are uh, like hazing all the fr all the freshmen all the you know new recruits and they you know they're all veterinarians so they're like you know messing around with pigs blood and kidneys and organs and all this crap and it's all very uh, ritualistic um, and kind of barbaric but they're all kind of going along with it and she's a strict vegetarian going into it um, and when she goes there her sister has been there for the past year and her older sister is kind of wild and crazy and having the great college experience and then as it unfolds, uh, we see that these two sisters, these girls have um, this taste for blood and flesh and um, it, it affects their life and they start going like really out of control. And uh, it's really good, but it's, it's really well shot and amazingly acted. Like the performances in it are yeah, the performances are fantastic. Great. And just even what you're saying about the shot, what I think what with the camera work like there's a scene at the start where she's in a kind of not like a nightclub but a yeah. like a sort of a, yeah a, yeah a, right and it really puts you like it reminds me of being in a club and people bumping into you and feeling claustrophobic and yeah like it, it was totally plunged into that atmosphere totally it was this big like one take kind of steady cam type of shot where it's, it's the camera's moving through from her perspective or is it from her perspective or just kind of well you do see her you do see in, her kind it of follows her, kind of her dipping in and, out yeah. and, and and it's like the, one of those kind of things where you're in the raid and there's people bumping into you and it's all a bit too much but it's also kind of amazing at the same time it you reminded know, also... me of the way Spielberg puts the camera in the water in Jaws and yeah. you feel like you're yeah. treading water it was like that totally. feeling of um... so there's a couple of kind of scenes like that and then there's a scene later on in the film that's in another rave setup, 
and it's this like tracking shot that goes down through the um the nightclub past all these people doing all this debaucherous stuff where someone's licking someone someone's licking eyeball. someone's eyeball probably <laughs> one of the that's the, a the thing. moments in the cinema where that's I actually shouted out loud, like, you know, in disgust. But then it reveals our main character at the end of the club. And she's kind of like sitting and staring at all of this stuff going on around her. And she has this really, um, uh, like uh, like just intense look on her face and it reminded me a lot of the Clockwork Orange uh, the yeah, shot even the yeah. music actually the, the yeah. music yeah. in that same thing as well yeah there's a kind of harpsichordy kind of uh, sound to it um, so the, yeah yeah the other thing about Raw as well is I, I know what you were mentioning about I think uh, Under the Shadow about it reminding you what horror films do well I mean for me it reminded me of seeing like <laughs> Like it's rare a horror film now kind of sort of makes me feel a little ill. Yeah. Or it's you know but look uh, you know, Mark, we both know Connor McMahon is like the master of like gore and blood and guts. I and think stuff. he sleeps in a pile of guts. Yeah. No, but <laughs> and and I, I have seen Connor stare wide eyed and <laughs> and with a grin on his face at many uh, gory moments in films. But in Raw the two of us were had our hands on our faces at points really see the thing about it you see the one thing I the like worse than gore for me is people vomiting right I I just like that yeah I can't look at it it's disgusting <laughs> and so rip them open no problem but that, you get sick <laughs> yeah so that film had a, there was a lot of vomiting in that film or it was but at the same time I still I still appreciate a film if I come out and I'm feeling a little ill. Totally, I sort of like totally. that's a well, oh, because it, it, it affected you in some way. And I think, like, I mean, I don't normally go in for like ultra realistic gore. I like my over the top gore, you know, mm. like fucking Kill Bill where an arm pops off and blood sprays everywhere. Mm. I kind of like that kind of stuff as like for entertainment. But in the likes of Raw, it has this very realistic type of uh, not even it doesn't even I wouldn't even call it gore. You know mm. what I mean? It's it's bloody. It's you know it's that wax stuck on the leg and the skin coming off yeah. and uh, it's justified in the context of the story. That's the main I, thing. It's I not feel Mark's fighting his time to leave. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I can see I'm it. just trying storm. to get in all the There's good stuff. There's a brewing. It's kind of funny because like, like I agree with so much what you're saying and like cause I really like up to, I don't know whether it's halfway or not, but like up to the scene with the car at the side of the road. Right. Like I, I was sitting there watching this going like this is, I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling kind of yeah like a bit queasy i'm thinking this is gonna get really really nasty and it's gonna be really strong and i'm, I'm a bit worried about where it's gonna go and how horrible it's gonna be i just felt like like and, and that scene with the car at the side of the road i think it was quite spectacular and interesting in, in its own way i didn't feel it quite followed through as much as i want to because that kind of set up and, and i know it's kind of explained towards the end but I, I was expecting that to grow from there and it kind of pulled back i thought you know while up to that there's this kind of steady pace of build and build and build between mm -hmm moments with fingers and then the car and then just after that there's this kind of bit of not so much happening and i i i felt there would have been more connection between the two sisters because there's kind of a bizarre sort of incestuous vibe going on as well between the sisters there's an attraction mm. there's a closeness and i i don't know i felt that was going to grow and because the film seems so bold and so brave i thought in a way that say maybe cronenberg type films and everything would i i, I felt they were going to push that even further and they didn't quite so i kind of i i was less enamored by the later part of it i wouldn't take away from the film I just didn't quite feel it lived up to where I thought it was going. But, like, really, really great start. Um, and, I, you know, I guess 
see without talking about scenes too much like i i think the gore isn't actually that disturbing it's not that like the reviews talk about it as this really gory right. nasty twisted yeah. film like it's not actually that gory i, I don't think like uh, it's more the idea of it and because it's well executed you buy into it more yeah, in the same way yes. that checks chainsaw like there's not much violence on screen yet it feels incredibly violent yeah, so yeah. i think that's good filmmaking more than just cheap gore and actually when we talk about eyes of my mother i think it's the exact same thing where people claim it's a savagely violent film and it, it's not really yeah. um but no i don't know i like i'm delighted to see people loving it so much i kind of I, I regret not being able to see it because i saw it at the Harathon. like kind of had wanted to catch it in the cinema here again to give it another chance you know when you watch something in in the, in the context of a marathon, mm, you've yeah. watched a ton of films before and yeah. after. It's Your not necessarily, are yeah, it's not necessarily like, yeah. the best way. And so, I really do want to give it another chance and just kind of see because, like, I, I may feel differently. Like, I still say it's a very good film. Yeah. It's just not quite because the hype for it's been incredible. The reviews, really? like, I found recently, the critics have really gone for that type of horror movie has suddenly become acceptable. You know, in, in like their world, the same way Eyes of My Mother, the same way Under the Shadow, Get Out, like as long as horror treads a kind of somewhat, I don't know, artistic, artistic form yeah. to it, like yeah, therefore yeah. It, it's it's worthy and then otherwise it's not. And I'm a little uncomfortable with the, you know, just liking this one and not the other ones, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. no, 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 like I delight and anything that gets horror out there, I think is a great thing. You know, I'm very curious to see what they do next. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think there. Someone was actually telling me there's. It's based on a short film, yeah, and that actually, short yeah. is yeah, same actress available online for a short period of time. Oh, okay. Yeah, for like maybe for the next month or something. Maybe by the time this podcast is out, it'll be gone. But, uh, yeah, for you guys anyway, if you want to check it out, I haven't seen it yet myself. Is it called Raw or what's? Do you know? What's oh, called? I do not. I know. don't think it is. I can't remember what it's called, but I, I, I'm sure if you search for the director's name, you'll yeah, find under yeah. her work. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely worth checking out, and and like great to see films like that getting a big release I think because like Raw yeah. was in, in mainstream cinemas it yeah, wasn't just yeah. in an eye of fire lighthouse and I think that's a really good thing yeah know? absolutely and I know the audience is like there was like a couple beside us when we had seen the cinema and they were just like <laughs> oh like freaking out do you find like part because I know some people who go because like they go kind of going you know there's a whole thing with a horror film you're kind of daring yeah. yourself like oh totally, we go and see yeah. it mm. but I feel when when it comes to Raw uh, and a few other ones that those fans because they're going expecting a horror film yeah and it's not that this isn't a horror film because you know the Cronenberg films I love you could dismiss as being kind of more art house than, than horror but I think they're going expecting kind of a bit more of an exploitation-y type film more of not a an actual more of a, good more film. of a thrill ride more yeah. of a thrill ride and less of an upsetting like yeah. you know, cinematic yeah. dramatic experience because it's a coming of age drama yeah. just with horrific that's it, you know, that's it. And, and like one of the things that I thought was really uh, well done about it was that however they did it they just crafted this world where just every single thing just seemed so bleak and so dismal like even just when she's standing in her room in front of the mirror and just it, the room looks shitty like yeah, you know yeah. like do you think like veterinary college is like that yes, that's that's it. That's yes. i was actually going like is this depicting a reality that exactly. i don't know about exactly or? and i'm sitting there going if that's real i just never want to be anywhere near because <laughs> it just looks so horrible like. and so from from one one happy film to another happy film about a, a woman growing up, uh, Eyes of My Mother. Yes. Conor Khan, you've seen it. Conor Dowling, have I you have seen it? I have not seen it. I have not seen heard it. of this, actually. Really? Uh, so this is kind of... Uh, Conor, you saw this a while ago, I think, I didn't saw you? this a while ago. So again, I can't remember a whole lot about the plot. Um, I know the film was in black and white, <laughs> and I know I really liked it. Um, I know it was quite disturbing. Like, again, it's one of these films where the idea of it, like, you know, the, the, there's... A bit where somebody chained up in the yeah it's not yeah I'll, I'll give you so like because I only saw it when it was on in the IFI recently so it was a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. um, and it already you know I'm, I'm 
not <laughs> overly it's it's not a, a strongly plot led film yeah, I don't yeah. think like basically it start it's a beautiful black and white film the whole point of the film is kind of it's built up with these uh, sections of a child's life uh, and they're just stunningly framed yeah. tableaus kind of that tell this story very kind of static locked off shots beautifully composed and um, with very kind of harsh contrasty uh, black and white f- photography and so it's just a daughter who's at home with her mother a strange man turns up at the door one day asking can he use the bathroom the That's mother lets terrifying, him in that scene. terrifying scene where like he basically says where's the bathroom and the mother says oh it's in there to the left and he's like no but you know oh, where is it again and she tells him again he's kind of going I want you to show me and she's like no no it's just there he's like I need you to show me and he keeps pushing her Whoa. and like What's amazing about it, and so we kind of have to get into a little bit of the story to get out. So what happens is the father basically comes home and finds the daughter just kind of watching TV and moves through the house and opens the bathroom door and finds this man chopping up his his oh wife. God. Uh, and then he takes the man and brings him into a shed and chains him up, mm-hmm. uh, cuts his tongue out and uh, keeps him there. Mm-hmm. And so the girl kind of keeps him as a pet and That's, the yeah. film grows from there. Um, but... So is that all like in the first act? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, right. And see, it's not really, it's kind of weird. I've seen people describe it as kind of like almost a pre-Dexter type story, which I get, but when people hear Dexter, they kind of presume humor and lightness. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it's more a realistic type thing because there's nothing sensational about any of this stuff in the film. There's no major elaborate kind of set pieces. People say it's incredibly graphic and disturbing. It's very disturbing. It's not graphic at all. There's virtually no on-screen violence, but that doesn't mean it's any less disturbing. You know, yeah. so we see aftermaths of things. Yeah. We see a tiny bit of blood, but the intention is there. Yeah, yeah. And we see how that girl changes yeah. and the choices she makes as she goes up to about being 18. Uh, and it, I, I actually just found it really incredibly wonderful because some of these art house films can be too arty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it really got to me. Like, it, it disturbed me. It was beautiful. It was powerful. I was never bored. It's only about yeah. 76 minutes, so it's not a very long film. But, uh, yeah, I that, that, incredible. yeah, I have the same feeling of it as, as in, yeah, definitely wasn't bored. Totally sucked me in. And it is a different, like, it's not a film I can compare it to another horror film. Yeah. You know, uh, it's certainly not in the vein of jump scares or any of that. Yeah, you're not going to sit down with your mates with a few beers to watch this film. This is kind of a sit down and properly watch yeah. uh, and you have to kind of settle into it, but it's very rewarding for yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like, it, it just proves how, again, just your imagination and a, a, a director, because this is a first-time director who, like, mm-hmm. uh, beautifully, beautifully framed the whole thing, like, yeah. and made for virtually next to nothing, I think. Um, like, he, I'm pretty sure it's a he, knew the incredible power of um, just holding a shot. Yeah. And having things either happen a bit off screen or not, or even allow, it, it's it's that awkward pause. Like you said, the scene where the mother and daughter is there and the stranger comes into the house before he kills her. Like, it's, the tension is spectacular. And it's because they hold the shots. It's it's the lack of editing that actually makes it scarier. Yeah. So you would have thought that's a restrictive thing, but it's really, really not. And, you know, in a weird way, what transpires throughout the film somehow makes a bizarre kind of sense, mm-hmm. even though it's truly horrific. But because you see it from ground zero all the way up, it kind of explains to you how someone can become so destroyed. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, And yeah, it's, it's not judgmental. I don't think it kind of tries to say this person's bad or this person's good. It just shows this is a thing. And you kind of leave the film just kind of going, that was a thing. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, yeah it kind of haunts you. But I, I really, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's out in VOD ne- now. It's a pity if you didn't see it in the cinema because it really was stunning on the big screen. Yeah. But if you can, like, it's one of those turn off the lights, 
biggest TV as you can Where and just it watch. Uh, it, it's, oh, I don't know, actually. I'm not sure. Is it a foreign film? Yes. Yeah. Nicholas, Nicholas Pesk. Yeah, it's, I actually, I, I wouldn't want to guess. I'm going to say Hungarian, right. just not, to be bro- brave and bold. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. Um, but there's n- there's not much dialogue in it. Like really there is dialogue in that. it, but but yeah, not really a lot. Right. Like uh, and even if you took if you took the subtitles off it, I think you would still probably pretty much understand generally what's going on with it. But uh, yeah, I I really I was surprised by how much I liked it. Yeah. Wow, that sounds awesome. I have literally like I said, I haven't heard of it, but you know. If it's black and white, I gotta see it. <laughs> it's kind of funny because even though I can't remember the plot, there's images from that film but that's burnt, burnt into, my into head. your head, oh, and that's yeah. what I find incredible. And again, you see, it's weird because you, you get this kind of fear of, oh, what are these horrific images? And there are some quite startling images, but they're also incredibly beautiful. Um, and because it's not violent, like you have these images burnt in your head that actually, if I describe them to someone, they might say that's not that scary, and they're kind of right. But in the context, but like a child yeah. sitting in front of a shed with a torchlight just shining on her, yeah. that is an incredible image in the film and I will never forget it. It's, I think as well, it's the, it's, it's, it's not even just the image. It's, I mean, for example, just even what you said, she comes home and the kids watching TV at the same time as the mother's being chopped up. Yeah. So the, it's like the kid, that image gets burnt into your head. Yeah. and there's, there's and it's never explained or discussed though it's just that's it because even yeah. the father like he opens the bathroom door and sees this guy we literally just see a moment of yeah. someone hacking in a bathtub we don't really see anything and he casually walks away and yeah, he, it's, he it's the, it's the res- yeah it's, I think it's no, just yeah that. there's no response and even afterwards when he goes in and gets your man and puts him in the shed and ties him up yeah. uh, and you know he's I think they stitch his eyes closed in his mouth or yeah, something, yeah. Isn't yeah. Um, but like he then just goes in and watches television and the daughter like makes him a sandwich or something, and no one talks about it yeah. ever. Or like, it's, kind of, yeah, it's, it's sort of that expectation is always flipped. It's kind of like this guy in the shed, and she goes out. I, I could be wrong. Is there is there a scene where she kind of is washing him? With, yeah, with no, a, she takes care of him like, ta- like yeah. a pet. She kind of feeds it mush and uh, yeah, yeah, washes Ugh. its hair and it's like, minds yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Ugh. just those details. It's just That's you know, disturbing. like but, there's right. nothing inherently, but it's just the context and everything. It's just. Yeah, it has yeah. to be seen. It just—it's very, very dark. It, yeah. It's probably not something to watch with the parents. But uh, yeah, no, I like. Don't let the black and white like cinematography put you off or anything like that. If you like horror films, if you want to watch some of the more interesting ones, and like in the way that you know, I might have mentioned, I thought Get Out wasn't as much of a horror film. Eyes of My Mother is a pure horror film, mm-hmm. like because it is truly horrific and disturbing, and in a way like in a Razorhead David Lynchian thing, even though it's not quite so dreamlike, it just. It's so unapologetic and it feels no reason to justify itself. Yeah. It makes you feel uncomfortable, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely recommend. Um, what else? Uh, the answer is, I've got two. I want to talk about The Wailing and A Dark Song. Anyone yeah. else got things? Um, no, I can talk about both those movies. I've seen both those movies. Connor Dowling. Damn so, it, I haven't seen Neither. Them. Damn. <laughs> um, quickly on The Wailing. Uh, Connor, you you kind of put me onto this. You're a, a, a pretty big fan of it, I think. You saw it in the cinema, did you? Um, no, I saw it. Okay, so it's actually available on Netflix now. So yeah. if people have it, watch it for free. It is a two hour and thirty six minute film. So let's point that out. That put me off seeing it in the cinema. I have to yeah, admit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's 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 got this great thing that those. Uh, it is Korean, right? It is Korean. Korean yeah. yeah. Um, they they have this wonderful ability to m- the tone. I mean. The tone shifts in these films, and yet somehow it kind of works. I think. Yeah. Um, and I actually, as a pure confession, I have not warmed to Korean cinema for that particular reason. I've struggled with films like The Host and a couple of other ones that I know people really, really love. This one I really like. For some reason, it worked. Like even the two hours and thirty-six minutes, it's all pretty good. Yeah. You know. Um, 
because I think I mean some of the standout scenes again uh, in my memory is like the you know the exorcism yeah okay actually scene. What's just to introduce to people yeah so like the wailing is it starts off the the main character he's a cop he's got a, a daughter a wife that you he's know kind of a bumbling kind of cop yeah like he's not a, a great guy you know he's having a bit of an affair on the side um and yeah there's there's people have been murdered um there's a couple of murders that seem strange and uh they've they've caught the people who seem to have done the killing they just seem to have gone insane and that kind of carries on for about an hour of mm. different murders and, and and some kind of oddness and it just kind of grows from there and it goes from like procedural to I love do you know what I love sorry yeah, uh, cuz is it did they use the same word a uh, gin again the, in this movie I'm, I don't know actually but you know it's the same principle like it's you know even though I think there's very heavy christian uh, undertones yeah, in this yeah. one, like, but it's basically uh, this idea that, that the ghost it's not just you know the way normally in a you know the exorcist or something the ghost possess the girl and they've got to figure you know deal with that problem this is a ghost that moves from person to person and will literally wipe out the entire town yeah that's kind okay. of the idea but they call this it's what I find funny about it is it's you know, in your head when you think of when they call the exorcist and you have this nighttime, it's dark and, you know, the guy comes up to the house and he comes out and he goes, the exorcist is here or whatever. In this, it's like a guy smoking a cigarette, driving his fast car. Yeah. And it's like daytime. And it's sort of like a the totally other version of what an exorcism could be. And, and there's this ritual scene where, I mean, to me, what's one of the things about it is it feels like it could be a real ritual you know yes it's quite intense it goes on for about 15 minutes it, yeah the, it, the, the, yeah there's a ritual scene that's quite complex and it, you know it's only by the end of the film that really you, you can kind of get some sense of what was necessarily going on in that scene but it's um yeah it's not presented in your traditional like i guess western type movie way mm -hmm. where we have this major thing it is a straight up religious ritual that's cross-cut with a couple of different things and you can draw your own conclusions about how connected that is or isn't yeah, with yeah. certain things. Um, but yeah, and it, I do wonder sometimes with these things, do we give it more freedom and benefit of the doubt because it's a foreign culture and we yeah, just kind of yeah. think maybe that's fine. But while when we watch, say, a, a Catholic exorcism, we're kind of going nonsense. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know, but it, it works. And it doesn't, it doesn't build up to any major moments. It just happens. Like they kind of, they there's these killings going on and that the daughter seems to become kind of possessed or there's something she's wrong with her and they call in well. yeah she's very disturbing and so they call in a shaman about it but like there's no big deal about that the grandmother says to the, the main character he's like well we're getting the shaman in and he kind of goes well fair enough <laughs> you know so it's not it, it's just a very different world than we're used to yeah. seeing um, and you know there's a whole load of different levels to it uh, it's very much on the good and evil and it's definitely a film that by the end of it you're kind of going what did I take from that or what didn't I? Like, there's a lot of open-ended questions. I know the director said it's open to interpretation and it was kind of only after reading a few things online and I actually rewound through a couple of scenes to recheck what I'd seen there that I kind of got a, a better handle on exactly what's happening. Like, I do think it's a little tricky to pick up on one or two things in there and maybe that's, a, for some people, that's a really good thing. You know, they like that. I do like if my film kind of wants me to understand where what it's trying to say yeah, about things. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say it, it's it's terrifying or massively disturbing, though it is kind of creepy. Yeah. But it, it's very engaging. Like who's the director on it? Uh, I have it written here. It is Hong Jin Na. Okay, and what else has Hong Jin Na done? I'm not sure. I actually don't uh, think much though. I think this was a huge success in Korea. Actually, it was one of their biggest films, I think, of all time. Um, but it's just 
yeah, it, it's really worth watching. Like it's beautifully yeah. shot. Like it's stunningly beautiful. Like and the it scenery. Has scenes as well that you wouldn't just expect. This is the thing. It's it, you get a, almost there's a zombie like scene there, and one time there's zombies. The there's a vampire implication. There's an exorcist type stuff. Yeah. You know that there's a load of different things in there. Yeah, the zombie kind of thing kind of sort of comes out of nowhere, and yet. Everyone in the film just sort of accepts it, and so and it you was sort a great of go, scene. "Yeah, no, like, it was a brilliant scene." It, it felt like it could be something out of a Conor McMahon film, to be honest <laughs> with you. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah, um, but yeah, like different, and don't yeah, these are not like American films, so it is a yeah. different tone, a different pace. So you kind of have to just sit down, enjoy yeah. it, take your time, but you will be rewarded for it. I think. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth watch. Yeah, no, I've I've had it at home actually for a while. I've been meaning to watch it. So yeah, no, no, yeah. it is worth it, and so. Last but not least, can we have a chat about our Irish entry, A Dark yeah, Song? Dark Song, yeah. This is Liam Gavin's first film, I believe. Yes, um, it is. Yeah, yeah. And it, this came out about a week or two from our recording in, in, in cinemas and got a pretty good release, which for an Irish film is a, is a major achievement. Yeah. Um, Connor, do you want to do a synopsis? Yeah, I'll <laughs> give it a go. So it's basically follows uh, this what Catherine Walker is yeah. the actress. And... Um, she wa- she says she wants basically her son has died and she wants to talk to him one more time so she's done some research and in order to and she's rented this house at the start for a year and the basic which becomes a lot of the film is there's these certain rituals that you can do to bring back the child and she um what's the name of the other actor steve orm is it or yeah, uh, yeah steve orm so sightseers sightseers, sightseers where so. everyone remember him big ginger beardy guy yeah, uh, yeah yeah so he's kind of the expert you know uh that she's called in and they have to basically lock themselves into the house for six months i think yeah months. so the rituals is gonna it's not just like a ritual they're gonna do at the weekend or right, like yeah. pet cemetery and it's very kinda. serious yeah. Like, there's no kind of like, oh, this is the thing. Yeah, he's like, you're going to be fasting. It's going to be very, very hard. It's going to be violent. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It makes it sound like you might yeah. actually get results out of something like that. Well, it feels you know, like, like as if, if this like stuff that. was real, how yeah. you would have to do it. Like, it's treated, and that, that's one thing I really loved about it, is it's treated with that sense of this is actually how this stuff could work. It actually made me feel, I wonder how much they researched this and is this what some people do yeah, to themselves? Real, like, you right, know, yeah. it's just even like the ritual drunk because they draw all the stuff out with chalk but there's nothing in it. Well, I don't, don't want to get into later parts of the film but like with all the ritual stuff they're setting up, it's all kind of in a way like meditation, you know, fasting, chanting, uh, focusing yourself and everything. And there's just stages you have to go through, which you would go through in any kind of religious mm. ceremony to get to a point of, you know, nirvana or kind of understanding yeah. of things. So in that, but it, you know, for me, those occult symbols and stuff, it's disturbing, like yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. And your man, Steve Orman, is just wonderfully, so like, because he's, like, he's not like, uh, you know, in, in, in horror films that you get the kind of very po' face or thing. like, he's kind of a slob. He's quite, he's a jerk. Yeah. You know, he's a pot belly guy who doesn't give a shit. He drinks, you know, and. But I totally believe he knows. No, he does. When he says stuff. he's seen things, you really believe it. Like, and because he yeah. talks so flippantly about it. He's like, you know, I've done this five times, three times. It happened two times. It didn't, you know, there's not yeah. much we can do about it. And he's very like. He's kind of, he's an oaf in some ways. And then there's certain bits where he gets very serious about it. Yeah. And there's there's times throughout the film where you wonder whether he can be trusted too, you know, and there's questions about Catherine Walker's uh, inspirations, yeah. whether she can be trusted too or are her motivations on it. Mm. And it's just, I don't know how, like for me, I think it's a, I don't know, about an 80 minute, a 90 minute film. Mm. But like, I, I really got sucked into this. I really liked it. Yeah, and it's amazing because on one sense you could go, well, that sounds like it's quite thin on plot, but actually it's the dynamic 
of the characters do you know what I mean their yeah. relationship and just they're locked together in the room that keeps you involved because they keep wondering like how do we know if it's working but she keeps wondering how do I know it's working how yeah. do I know it's working and then like you know they find like a little bit of a, a flower inside the house and he's like that's proof yeah. and you're kind of going is it proof which like, is maybe a lot like what I mean it reminds you of what r- those rituals would be like yeah. in real life or you know kind of religious type stuff it's yeah. like you know there's rarely something else exactly yeah and so it's how because he says it with complete belief of now we know that it's happening like and like even at the beginning he surrounds the whole house with salt and it's her last chance to walk out and you cannot break that barrier and it's weird because you buy it like I really believed you're kind of going no you can't be crossing that line yeah yeah like uh, it's it's a funny one like I've I've been saddened to see some of the online community kind of taken against it Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it is a slower film Mm-hmm. in some ways uh, though I found it like so engaging and really like I really really enjoyed it beautifully shot Jesus yeah, um, yeah. but like I don't know whether it's the mar- mo- modern audience are going in looking for something slightly different um, I think as well some of the advertising campaign compared it with Hellraiser meets The Descent and right. I think that's yeah, a the mistake descent. yeah I, I saw I, that it was yeah how is it it's not it's really I, not and I, I think that's uh, well. Uh, can you see Connor how they, I don't see any like, no The Descent is a very People going down into caves. Yeah, and creepy monster creatures yeah. jumping out at you, and it's oh. very frightening and I quite violent. Like, I, I mean, like, if you wanted to compare it to horror films, there's plenty of other horror yeah. films you yeah. could have chose to it just, compare it to. You know, marketing, like, I guess, it, it, I think that would pull in some people, but the problem is I feel it was really unfair to the film because they were going in looking for a different film. And this is a really good film, but it's not that film. Yeah, You know, and I, I think that might have done it a bit of a disservice that way because you know, it may have pulled in the wrong crowd for it because I think what Liam did with this film is just, I just think it's great. I, it's its a grown-up film about loss and grief. Uh, it's about rituals and everything like that. It's its very, sta- it's such a wonderfully controlled hand. Like this guy directed this film is it with pure confidence. It feels like that watching it. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's a, the, a doubt in his mind about where he wants to take it. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. love that about it, yeah. you know. And even he follows that right through to the conclusion. And I, one or two bits I, I may not be you know I might question yeah. towards the end or actually more just effects that I might not have thought worked quite as well but like I love the fact that it was such a confident film especially mm. for a debut feature like yeah, Jesus yeah. like you know I, I, like, I really, really and I hope he does more in the horror world as well you know and I've seen people question whether this is a horror film and that kills me because I'm kind of going <laughs> it's a cult it's a ritual you're trying to resurrect the devil <laughs> um, but uh yeah, no, I, I really, really thought it was good. I presume it'll be out pretty quickly on, on video on demand and stuff. The, the yeah, windows, these probably. things are shorter nowadays. Um, be interesting to see how it works on a smaller screen. But yeah, for me, like, kind of, were you, did, did it hold your attention? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I suppose, if anything, and I suppose we've avoided talking about the last section of the movie. Yeah. Um, it's hard because, like, I, and I'd love to. I and really want to see it, by the way. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it's, it's kind of like, it's. Do you know, I, I, lo- I like a film that puts you in a world you haven't been in before. Yes. Or you, you're kind you of feel like you're getting a window with. to a world that you don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's kind of, and, and a world you feel is believable. Like you can totally buy into the reality of it. Yeah. Um, so, Great performances. Like, yeah, those two, like. I, they hold you know, the whole film. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without that, you know, I mean, that's what you need for a film like that to work. Um, and it was what I wasn't expecting because I was going in going, I wonder, will the horror sustain me or the fact that uh, will I be, you know, but actually it's those two characters and it's just like, and your man's a little bit creepy and it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of sleazy on? as well. Like yeah. it's just, it's that uncomfortable. Like she's locking herself in this house with this guy who she doesn't know from Adam 
who seems like a very unreliable person. Like in the scene, do you remember the way at the start he goes, we're going to have to sleep together at the start? And yes. then there was that scene, was because I might have missed a line or two, but was was he just making that up or was that the, was that the implication? The, the scene that happens, yeah, he just did that for his own gratification, okay, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. equally disturbing and horrifying. Because uh, she's locked in there. Yeah. Away, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, yeah, sorry, <laughs> we're talking around <laughs> stuff not to, to, to book on her dialing it, but like, yeah, no, there, there's, there's, see, that's what I like is both of these people are have their own, they're, they're fully formed characters. They're both yeah. their own people. And so it's not just the horror of, the rituals and what may or may not happen yeah. when they complete it. It's also how people treat each other, how people take care of themselves. Like all those bits are equally disturbing. And so you don't trust the people almost as much as you don't trust the magic. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, I, I yeah. kind of, I like that because, you know, too often we have just, it's good people who are in the middle of this kind of magical madness. Like, you know, these are all damaged people in a very dangerous situation. And yeah, uh, yeah it, it, you know, it, it would be a good enough reason for me not to want to play around with this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like for I'll me... stop playing around. Yeah. <laughs> Connor just puts away the Ouija board. <laughs> but no, like, you know, it just, uh, again, because it, not just because it's an Irish film, but, you know, we should be supporting Irish films, but it's it's a really good film. If this was an Irish film, I would be really strongly supporting this. It's one of the ones that I will be buying to put on my shelf, and I don't buy a lot of modern horror films because I just don't think they're ones I'd really like to rewatch again. Is I think this is a great made. No, I, no, it finished about two weeks ago, I think. I think it was in the cinema. No, like it was in this cinema week. until, yeah, it was. I was I really? Was, I kept trying to well, go I see thought it, last but I had week. stuff on. Yeah, it was definitely on okay, the maybe last over week. the past week, but I'm um, wondering... Can I get a chance to see it over the next? Well, week? keep so an eye out. Awesome. Maybe it is. Maybe it's held on some it had places. One, it had once for the past week. It had one screening at nine o'clock in cinema world. So I don't okay. know if that means that's the last week or what. But a feeling it might. But yeah, like it's just because of the type of film it is. Well, like yeah. I think there is actually an audience out there who would love to see that film. I think it's very hard to reach those audiences these days and try and inform the right people. You know, and I guess the marketing people went for whoever they thought they could get in. But yeah. I think that film was good enough to sustain a larger audience than maybe it got. So it's not a mark on the film. It's just, it's so hard to get a film that people are aware of a film nowadays. So yeah. hopefully it will get the attention it deserves when it comes out on the other platforms. Um, just a film to mention briefly, because uh, uh, I did go see The Handmaiden. Now, oh yeah, any not, good? Not a horror. I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. So this is Park Chan-wook. Yeah. It's like, that's his name. I, I, I always think of Chewbacca and Jackie Chan walking through a park. So am I right? This is a <laughs> director I... of The Host and Stoker. Am uh, I right? Oh boy. Exactly. Oh, oh boy. boy. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the reason I bring it up is because I recently watched Thirst, which was. Oh, yeah. I still haven't seen film. that either, I actually. I haven't seen that. Yeah. And um, that's well worth a watch. It it does have that. the There's a massive tone shift in that film as well, where it goes from being quite serious to being really kind of comic and over the top um but it's 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 again a film full this thirst now full of interesting ideas probably doesn't all add up like i wouldn't say i'm mad on the film but there's so many great scenes like it's kind of a vampire film i mean there's brilliant little stuff like he's living he's just turned his wardrobe on his side and that's kind of his coffin it's like lying <laughs> on the floor and he just kind of gets out of it i like, like a that wardrobe. it's it's uh, or there's a scene where he's trying to um uh, like somebody dies he's trying to give them blood but every time he like cuts his wrist it just heals back again and so he's like cutting them and it's <laughs> healing back quicker than he can give them <laughs> the blood um, and it also has a scene which I think you know those scenes in um, Superman where he flies around with Lois Lane and there's, yeah. this, there's a scene where he kind of um, he's he's basically when he realizes he's a vampire and he has the girl and he's jumping around the city because he can kind of fly 
and they sort of put the camera on him. It's and it's like they bounding around the. And I've never. You really feel that rush of adrenaline that you must feel jumping around the city. Um, in a way that I've never felt in a Superman movie. Oh, um, I have to go and see wow. it. So I'd say that's one of those ones that probably in the cinema is going to work better than. Well, now this is Thirst. Sorry. Oh, so oh Thirst sorry. Thirst. Is... Thing. Sorry. So sorry. I'm talking about Thirst. Yeah. And Maiden isn't a vampire film. It's not. It's, I wouldn't say it's a horror film. It's got moments of horror. So um, I mean, Thirst is a is is an earlier film that he did, but uh, definitely worth a watch. Like it's got. I mean, for for a vampire film, uh, it's got a lot of, again, a lot of interesting scenes. I would say. In itself, but maybe it all, all together it's a little bit of a mishmash. But um, but definitely Handmaiden is worth going to see. Okay, say. We'll put it on the list. Not Actually, quite a horror like uh, at yeah. all. But uh, but again, it's 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 one of his most complete films, I would say. Okay, because yeah, I like yeah, I've liked some of, like Oh Boy, I, I adore, and yeah. not all the other stuff. And actually, just then quickly on that as well, because on Shudder exclusively, they released on Thursday, We Are the Flesh. Which okay, is a very controversial horror film that was out in is it Mexican, uh, Mexican America maybe, um, horror film. You know, I would say watch it again. It's kind of on that hard house vibe. I don't know whether you'd say it's pure horror or not. It definitely pushes the bounds of it's about sexuality. There's incest issues. There's there's some violence. It's kind of weird. It's just two a, kind of a brother and sister stumble upon this homeless guy in a house, and he's kind of building this giant structure, which turns out to be kind of like a, a new womb. And it kind of goes into this bizarre world. Um, I feel like I've heard of that movie. Yeah, before. no, it, like it got a lot of controversy. And I'm actually, yeah. you know what? The I, I don't think it's it's actually that brilliant a film. It's very boundary pushing. I think probably when I was younger, I probably would have been more yeah. impressed by it simply because it was so controversial. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it really earns what it's doing in it. But when I looked it up on the BBFC, this film got passed with no cuts, and I find that quite incredible because it, when I think about what films, how censored they were when we started off watching, yeah to nowadays like this involves like you know a brother and sister and a graphic shot of her going down on her her brother like not cut i right. like i'm not saying the film warrants that or that's a particularly good or intelligent scene to have in a film but i do think there's something wonderful about it, that censorship has come so far that there's a tolerance on an artistic level because this you know it is it's an art house film so if you're going in just looking for sensation stuff you're going to be bored to tears with it as well it's not like it's right, right. you know um, it is interesting on that note as well i don't know if it was just released recently or it's been around a while but only last week i saw there was footage of Sam Raimi um, being when he released Evil Dead. Oh, I haven't and, seen that. Him justifying it. Yeah, Is yeah. It good? And it's it's just really interesting to you know it's like again it's a different time and even I mean you can tell Raimi is is even going. Yeah, you know, I can't justify that. Or well, he's kind of gone twenty. Well, ten years before you people were giving out about other horror movies. And yeah, he kind of is aware that it's a cyclical thing. Every generation is going to be giving about the next thing, and um, I think he's kind of he's almost smiling to himself at the absurdity <laughs> I think I heard um, somewhere I think I heard somewhere that he was when it, when it came down to it he was kind of like some of the things in it I suppose I can't necessarily say the tree rape and evil dead is problematic yeah. <laughs> he probably wouldn't do, yeah. Yeah. do that again you know but I think it's a you know like it yeah. sounds stupid but there's stupid. footage of it I haven't seen the footage it's like, just yeah. like I think when you're you're younger like you know you're going for it yeah. you kind of think why not you know and I think it's unfair to just kind of you, know, you never think it's going to be held up against you in the cold light of day and yeah. go, why did you do like, this no, exactly? I don't think he sat down and thought like, you know, I'm going to really upset. I think he just thought, what's the grossest, most twisted yeah. thing I could put in there? And he did. That and, I've you never know, seen before. Yeah. You know. But I do find it interesting. People, I mean, if you're into horror, you make horror. It does come up where you're kind of looked at, like it's kind of people kind of question, like, why are you into horror? And it's like, nobody ever kind of goes for like, 
well, maybe they do, but like, why into religion? Or no, you know, I know, no, things. it's not appropriate to question other people because, like, yeah, like if you want to, like, religion on that way is a perfect example because, like, you're kind of going, there's so many things that you just totally accept as in that's no problem, yeah. and I'm supposed to say I respect that, and yet the fact that you're interested in even because art and horror for me is exploring these ideas. Yeah. That's what all these things are, and so the idea because we're not saying these things are real, you are, yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah, it's funny, but even like you, people don't ask why are you into comedy. They don't yeah, ask why are yeah. you into dramas, why are you into this, like why are you into football? It's but just it's two also... guys kicking a ball left and right, like you know, it's yeah, just. Yeah. And it's not even what they're into. It's like they try to draw a direct result between being into horror and violence in society. And I yes. that's why I bring up religion because that's one of the things. There's so clearly a link, and yet it's not something. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of it, it takes no responsibility for it, and yeah. And, and like they sooner have a debate on telly about people who make horror films. Yeah, like there's yeah. something like you well, know. and that's the thing actually, because like say we are the flesh, like uh, because yeah, there's a few films recently that kind of touched on the whole incest thing. I think it's probably again, as you said, horror cyclical and as different boundaries are pushed, there there's few remaining taboos that people are trying to push, and and nowadays maybe you can get through it a bit more in cinema, but like I I think. <laughs> These things, when like anything that's in a horror movie, no matter how disturbing or how realistic, these are things that happen in the world. These weren't invented by movies. And the idea of blaming a movie for addressing something that happens in the world, you may not want to watch it, and it's absolutely fine not to watch it. You may watch it and be disgusted. That's also perfectly acceptable. But I resent the idea that because it's in a horror film, that horror films are to blame. Yeah. No one created anything new. Yeah. This is stuff that's been in our culture, whether it's fairy tales, whether it's reality. You know, it, it, it's all part of the world. And, and to blame the genre itself that reflects it back at you. You know, it's like yeah. smashing the mirror because you but don't like the people, reflection. People you know? talk about, like, uh, you know, violence in video games being the cause of violence in the real world. And I think the kind of trump card for that that people always use is, what were the name is, names of the violent video games that Hitler used to play? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it's like there's like you say, like I mean, the horror movies aren't creating these horrific things; they're exploring them. You know, yeah, and and it's a part think... of a primal thing that we need to uh, see happen and to explore and to feel those things from a safe place that's you know in our armchair at home or in the cinema surrounded by a group of other people who are also going to experience that thing mm. as well. So it is a totally natural thing, but I think nowadays, like. Are people still like blaming horror movies for atrocious things, or is that all left behind in the eighties? Like, no, I think it's still it comes up whenever there's up like the eighties, but the nineties was the child's play things with Jamie Bulger. Right, you know, right. uh, mm. no, it still comes up. The Saw big... definitely got like a uh, whole of the torture porn thing but got they, a whole lot of flack. Like intense, like they those movies are they are like, compared to the stuff that was like remember Video Nasties? Like, yeah, in the that was the eighties, right? Absolutely, like what like. 200, 300 films that were like outlawed and if you were caught it was 76 I think it was yeah there was, there was yeah. some specific number Evil Dead was on that list yeah. but so were a lot of other things that we've probably seen most of us have seen oh they're, they're all like uncut now yeah but like yeah. The, the torture porn came out though just after the Iraq war with the incredible violence in Afghanistan actually probably more so so like the, and 9-11 so like these things were responses. Like people went to see very violent films in the cinema because there was an incredible amount of violence and yeah. people, there was a weird need to let out these things. It's the same way these things have always gone in that way. The same way the 1950s kind of sci-fi films and the giant nuclear creatures was with the whole fear of response the Soviets. To what's like, happened. yeah, it's, yeah. it's so it, not to justify those films. And again, not to say that those films had a lot of merit. I'm not a mm -hmm. massive fan of, of, actually, I like the Saw ones, but you know, <laughs> like, I, up to about three, I thought. <laughs> I kind of was with it to six. <laughs> but uh, no, you know, it just, yeah, like, I, I do think they still get demonized. I still think mm. they get blamed for things. Um, I mean, I think the slight issue now is because of, uh, even just watching that thing back in with Sam Raimi, it's like the big issue was 
kids getting their hands on it and I suppose the thing is that's been just blown wide open yeah, now it's yeah. like they can get their hands on much worse stuff that it's isn't stuff even necessarily real. hard stuff that's you know real yeah, that's yeah, like exactly. well, they can yeah. get the stuff See, on videos that, that's it people are know. watching people getting really beheaded on the yeah. internet and like mm. for me no horror film is ever going to compete with that but the, the mm. only thing I felt sad the other day because I was thinking about that was and I know we got to wrap this up in a minute um, was that because of streaming and everything you can cl- like at least on Netflix or on iTunes like, you do get to see the poster at least kind of it gives you some sense but as a kid going into a video store it was that big circle with red and 18 written in the yeah. middle that meant oh, yeah. I want to watch that film yeah. so like you look at all these different covers and then you looked at the rating and you went oh that must be a good yeah, one yeah. And they don't get the that art, anymore the artwork on those yeah. old horror movie VHS's was just but there's like, no buzz on that because that people movie. can kind of watch anything like even like there's no sort of rating section or anything on, yeah, on, yeah. on lightings. I'm like I know that sounds terrible but that was part of the desire because like if it's 18's then it's got to be real good <laughs> yeah, and yeah, they do yeah, with yeah. the ratings there it's written but it just doesn't have that kind of imposing doom you yeah, know that red was real but yeah yeah so like that's that's a sad thing that people get to miss out on um but yeah i think that, that was a pretty good wrap-up on a whole load of films cool yeah cool uh, so hopefully we will be back sooner rather than later um yeah, yeah. and we'll get back to our regular programming and uh thanks for listening yeah. cool thanks for listening guys <laughs>